I drive zero RB in Dynasty. Pass up a young receiver? Nah, I couldn't be me. My fifth wide receiver and it's only round seven Not sure if I'm dead cause I think this is heaven Now forget what he said and listen to me What you really wanna do is stack those RBs You can be Linda, just let me be frank Those RBs on your roster is money in the bank One says it's awful, the other says it's great It's time to buckle in for a dynasty debate Welcome and welcome and welcome in episode 169, Noise, of the Dynasty Debates, the best kept secret in all of Dynasty Fantasy Football. I am your humble host, as always, Evan Brown, the humblest host in the biz. You can catch me over on Twitter at FFEvanLution. You can follow the show at Dynasty Debates, or you can drop me an email, DynastyDebates at gmail.com. Many ways to get in touch, get involved, let me know what you love, what you hate, what you want to hear more of on this very show. Hopefully you've been enjoying this prospect evaluation series. I know I sure have. I've been learning a lot. I've been having a grand old time. I am super duper excited about the NFL draft. Uh, the, the series itself had some amazing guests and that continues on today with Kevin Coleman at Dubois underscore 22 over on Twitter. He is a contributor for Football Guys. He is one of the co-hosts of the Debbie Royale all around good dude. Even though he's a Cowboys supporter, look, you can't, you know, nobody's perfect. Am I right? Um, but yes, he was there. He was here on Friday, last Friday with a great episode. We dropped a couple of little uh, little sleepers there that we were interested in, intrigued by. Um, now we are talking about two more guys today, two more wide receivers. So this is a continuation of the hashtag usual prospects. Um, we are talking two prospects every episode run the run up to the draft instead of overloading you with like 3 billion prospects in one episode. And then you just mind explodes. And you can't remember anything we talked about. Just talking about two at a time, shorter 20, 30 minute episodes. Maybe this is on the way to work, maybe at the gym, just gives you time to really think about kind of process what we talked about, what we liked, what we don't like, where we would draft them, pros and cons, things like that. So yes, uh, like I said, Kevin's awesome. This is awesome. It's going to be awesome. Something is wrong with you. I got a fever. Adam himself could not resist the temptation of rookie fever. Got two more guys that I've kind of paired together. Again, might seem like a strange pairing, but it makes sense in my mind. And that's all that matters. So we're going to talk about a couple of bigger dudes that I personally am really intrigued by. Curious to hear Kevin's side of this. Um, you know, it's it's a tough one. There's definitely, definitely red flags on both of them, but there's definitely talent and skill there. So first up is Cedric Tillman. Now, Cedric Tillman, again, if you don't know or if you're not familiar, don't know much about him, he's out of Tennessee. He is 22 years old. He is a senior. He's like more like a super senior. Like it's unfortunate. He, again, analytics guys, going to hit fast forward. They don't want to hear this bit. You know, Peter Howard, if he's listening, not going to like this. I apologize, Peter. Uh, Three-star recruit. Six foot three, 213 pounds. So that is the official weigh in measurements and things like that from the combine. So that's a nice size. Um, you like that. You like to see that size. Now, again, very similar. And I feel like this is a recurring theme. You're going to think, wait, I already listened to this part of the podcast, but it's not. It's me talking about it, but it's just a very similar situation for a lot of these receivers. Um, not a great 2022. Had a really good 2021. Not a great 2022. Uh, not to be fair for him, it was a lot of it was injury. So he had a high ankle injury. It wasn't even just like a high ankle sprain. I believe it was something he had to have surgery on, something like that. He rushed back. He sounds like he has a really good teammate, hard worker and things like that. So you love to see that. Um, in 2021, 
2021, he became Tennessee's first 1,000-yard receiver since Justin Hunter in 2012. So that just to give you a bit of context, he was doing very well in 2021. Um, 2021, 12 games, 64 receptions, 1,081 yards, 16.9 yards per reception and 12 touchdowns. 2022, it drops off. He only plays in six games, 37 receptions for 417 yards, 11.3 yards per reception and three touchdowns. He kind of, with his injuries and struggling, things like that, then Jalen Hyatt comes in. We know all about that. We'll talk about him later. Um, but yeah, I mean, obviously, I don't want to give too much of my own thoughts and opinions and takes on on Cedric Tillman, but Kevin, do do you see um, Tillman as a potential you know, dynasty draft value based on the injuries and things like that? Or do you just see him as like a guy who is just a guy who you, you don't think, you know, he, he's not going to be somebody you're excited about. No, I think he, you know, of people that did the most for themselves, I feel like Cedric did probably the, one of the most for himself in terms of this weekend. Cause there were some question marks about that. There are some that like, you know, at the Debbie Real, we we've talked about Cedric a lot and we've kind of mentioned that we think he's, he, we, we have hot takes in terms of this Tennessee wide receiver room. And we're not big fans of Hyatt. Like we've not been a Jalen Hyatt guy. However, and we've always kind of talked about like Tillman's probably the best overall receiver. Like when you're looking at just what he can do, you know, his arm length, you see his hands. And I thought he tested well. He's 6'3", 213. He's a big kid. So overall, like you love that. Um, and it's vertical, 37 inches. is broad, really good. So like I thought he did very good. Um, he's got NFL size and success in the SEC. Those are two boxes that you're going to check. You're like, okay, he played very well in the SEC. Okay, he's got good size there. Um I think he does a good job in contested catch situations because he has that vertical. Like he goes up and gets it. 50-50 balls are going to be his. Like he he does that well. Um, I, and I think you know, he's going to fit in a system like you got to get him a downfield system. So you got to get something that allows him to go outplay defensive backs, go get it. Um, I think he does well too working in the intermediate and, and middle of the field. So like those are things that teams are going to like. Like teams will love those type of concepts from Tillman. Um, and I think that that's the other way. Working center of the field has a big target. He could be a target guy. Like he could be one of those guys that goes and gets things and go gets targets and earns them. And I think that is kind of what excites you about him. You know, the other part, like if you're going to, you know, you look at the whole profile, not going to be a burner for the most part. So he's not going to be that 40 guy. I don't think his 40 was terrible, but four, five, four, you know, puts him kind of in the average territory where you're at um, late limited production. Like we done mentioned. Uh, and then he's really just an outside X. Okay. He's just going to go up and go get it. Like, so role wise, like what is his role moving forward? Where is that going to be? I think, you know, we had a comp for him, Terrace Marshall. And I know people got burned by Terrace Marshall from LSU because they were drafting him earlier than this. But like, you know, when you're looking at just the profile overall, both those guys comp really well together in terms of what they look like in terms of like a RAS score, relative athletic score. So I think he could be. I think he's one of those guys. This is one of those guys first, you know, as we're doing this. I don't mind taking a shot on a guy like him. Like, I think that he he, he projects pretty well in terms of NFL, NFL size. Teams are going to like him. He could earn some targets. Third round, I'm all aboard. Like, okay, I'll take a shot on, on him. Like, I still like running backs in that area. So, like, as as long as, like, Gray and um, Abana Kanda and McIntosh and those guys are off the board, if those three are kind of on, I wouldn't mind taking a shot on Tillman. And, and for perspective for your listeners – you know, we did a mock right after the wide receivers went last night. Tillman went 301 and Hyatt went 302. So now Tillman's even getting valued higher than Hyatt. So like this is where this is how good he did at the combine. This is what set him apart a little bit. Wow. Yeah, that's that's really surprising to me because, I mean, I, I definitely expected, you know, there to be a lot more love for Hyatt on the streets, you know, in the dynasty streets um, just because. Yeah. 
you know, dynasty players in general, we love speed, you know, we love like guys that are fast and, you know, all that kind of stuff. Um, but I mean, yeah, no, I agree with you. Like what you're saying about Tillman. I mean, I actually, one of the notes that I wrote down, you know, I think what you're saying is what agrees with this is I kind of said, I, I see him, I project him more as like a sort of a possession receiver at the next level, yeah. you know, like one of those guys, like you said, um, can get that six, seven, eight targets a game, which would be lovely, you know, for fantasy, if you're playing in a PPR league, yeah, he may not be, you know, giving you the 30 point weeks and stuff like that necessarily. But if he's getting six, seven, eight targets a game, um, you know, and giving you 60, 70 yards a game, even, you know, something like that'd be really nice, you know, as you're, as, you know, as one of those bi-week fill-ins and just guys that you can take shots on. I agree with you. Like I, I was actually thinking in my head, I was like sort of in a one QB league. Yeah. Third round, I'd be happy as, as long as, you know, we're assuming that he gets, halfway decent draft capital in the NFL draft. Um, you know, I, I think there's definitely things to like about him and he's not like the sexiest name. So you might, he might be like a really nice value as long as, you know, he doesn't go in the second round or something crazy like that. And he just blows up. Um, he could be just like a really nice value for you that you get a really nice return on, um, you know, in your dynasty rookie draft. So I feel, yeah, I feel like pretty good about that. I mean, he is a weird one in the sense that, like you said, he doesn't do a lot of the things that we want uh, where we get excited about, but he actually is really good at a lot of the things that are just practically good things for the NFL and good things for football in general. Um, mm-hmm. And they will play, you know, the, like you said, if he is, if he is commanding targets, that is going to be relevant and that is going to be helpful for fantasy. You know, he doesn't have to be, um, you know, he doesn't have to be this, you know, Justin Jefferson guy or whatever, you know, just to be valuable for your fantasy teams. Because I think that's the thing as well. In Dynasty, a lot of times we get so excited about Jalen Waddles and Justin Jeffersons, and of course, and we should. Um, but at the same time, like, you you know, not everyone gets those players and you have to have good squads, you have to have depth and, you know, you find that if you can hit on a guy like Tillman in the third round and even if he just becomes a solid, viable asset you're going to get a nice ROI on that. You know, even if you yeah. don't keep him forever, you flip him for then some other player who's underperforming and a 24 second, you know what I mean? So you've moved up around and maybe another draft and you've also got a player. So that's just the kind of way you, you got to look at these things. And, you know, speaking of, you know, this, this episode, particularly we've talked about Tillman. Um, this is a guy that, you know, I'm really excited about, um, I'm sorry. That's the wrong way of saying it. I was really, I was really excited about, um, and I really, it's, it, it's one of the, makes me the most sad. I hate injuries. Injuries suck, man. Like they really suck. And I was really sad to see this guy get injured because man, like, honestly, I just, you know, you know, some of those players, you just find the player and you're just like, I love this guy, this guy, freaking this, this guy gets me going. You know, I love this. I love watching this guy play for me. I really love watching a healthy Dante Dimas jr. Play. Um, if you don't know anything about Dante Dimas jr. So he's out of Maryland, 22 year old senior, three-star recruit, six foot three, two twelve at the combine. So again, really nice size. You know, there are a lot of undersized receivers in this class. Some of the more talented ones even could be kind of undersized. Um, but he has got that nice sort of prototypical six foot three, 212 size. Uh, he, and a couple of interesting stats and facts about him. You know, he actually stands second in program history for Maryland in career hundred yard games at seven, fifth in career touchdowns at 14, seventh in career yards, uh, ninth in career reception. So he had a really productive career there for Maryland. Obviously, Maryland has given us a couple of really awesome receivers as well so it's not like they're just a nobody nothing school um he only played and here's the problem as i'm telling you all the good stuff at the front uh the problem is he only played five games in 2021 before suffering a, a season-ending acl injury which you know you hate to see you know he did to be fair work really hard came back in 2022 but he just didn't look like himself the production wasn't there 
He wore a knee brace, I know, for at least some of the games, if not the whole season. Um, and again, that could just be something like that first season back. You know, he's thankfully didn't get re-injured. Um, he was at the combine, you know, he's doing the tests and the, the drills and stuff. So that's good. That's positive. Um, so for, you know, context, obviously in 2020, you know, he, he, you know, 20, 2019 really is, is probably is like his best year. Um, as a sophomore, he plays in 12 games, has 41 receptions, 625 yards, 15.2 yards per reception and six touchdowns um and then last year he comes out in five games he had 20 28 receptions 507 yards 18.1 yards per reception three touchdowns so it looked like he was on his way to having a really nice season for himself and then obviously that injury but this last year he plays in 12 games but he only has 22 receptions 233 yards 10.6 yards per reception and one touchdown so very very sad into his college career there um but yeah i mean kev are you totally off like no interest in Dante Dimas now because of the injury and the lack of production his last year or do you think of him as a sneaky little sleeper that you're curious about uh stashing on your bench and seeing if he can resurrect his career at the next level man he was a sleeper huh and then like you just mentioned like he was he, he was coming into like I think before he got injured last year he's better than Rakeem Jarrett in Maryland like he was best receiver out there like he looked really good he looked dominant and I think he would have came out last year so I, I think that we're talking about a whole different area of, of a player had he come out I, I mean five-year player too older prospect limited tree limited usage right so we're talking red flags here um I, I think also like he always so here's the thing that I get worried about with guys like this. He always relied on his athleticism. So he always won with athleticism. Like that's the thing about his tape. That's the thing about him as a player. Athleticism was his key. And then he has ACL injury. And then he lost that athleticism. And I think that's kind of the big thing that you're seeing with him. Um, why he kind of he struggled. Like he struggled to create that separation to stretch defenses. He struggled to have, be a return game contributor because they didn't want him out there because he was injured. Um, he he also he, he he can play the ball vertically at times. Like he did a display ability to play it. But again, that was all pre-injury. Like last year, it was bad. And and to his like, I don't want to just knock him all the time. But I mean, you played 12 games, only had 22 catches and, and 233 yards. Like you weren't getting open, you weren't creating that separation. To uh, you know, to his brother Talia, he he's the quarterback in Maryland. Not the greatest either in terms of accuracy. So like, you really got to kind of create space and get open for him. He wasn't doing that, so the Talia didn't feel comfortable getting the ball, which that could be looked at it both ways. Like, Hey, Demas couldn't get open, but again, his offense wasn't predicated on getting in the ball in tight spaces. Um, I think for me, like you kind of hit it on the head. Like, I think it's all right. Where kind of scheme does he fit? And if he's going to fit in that scheme, what's going to have with that athletic athleticism? Because that's where he wins. He, he did okay in terms of his relative athletic score. You're looking at 7.97. So like, but really what he, he did well on was height and weight. Like that's always been there. His 10 split was kind of promising 1.55. Like that's not bad for lateral agility. So like you said, maybe he can work his way into it. But then the concern is, is like, yeah, but does he have enough time? Is he going to get drafted to where he finds a good spot, gets good draft capital, and is a relevant, relevant fantasy asset? I think that's what's going against him. And that's a big what if. And and it sucks because I liked him in, in college. He was a good prospect. He had all the things going for him. So yeah, I would I would probably say avoid um, in terms of what he is like he's not getting drafted anyway so those of you out there like I don't see him getting drafted in most places um, maybe if he goes somewhere in terms of like his, his draft capital that'll bump up a little bit but yeah red flag red flag so like again I kind of keep red flags in my head like when I look at my model and doing things like that all right there's a lot of red flags here that you could pivot off of with Demas but damn if he would have just stayed healthy I think he would have came out last year we're talking about a whole different player 
Yeah, I yeah, it's like I said, man. It's so it's so frustrating because I I do like when I saw how when you go back and you watch some of that healthy footage, you're like, dude, this guy could be something. You know, like he could be like a he's just like a big play waiting to happen. You know, he's physical. Mm-hmm. He's he just he look. You know, when you see those receivers, you're like that guy. He's just built like a wide receiver. <laughs> you know, he's built like a dude you want to see play wide receiver. Um, I I, j- I definitely agree. I think that the only hope that I'm holding out for him, like I said, is that kind of that first year back from an ACL. A lot of times it isn't, you know, you're not fully there yet. You're not fully back. So it was good to see that he got back and he didn't re-injure it and things like that. So hopefully, I mean, I'm just hopeful, like you said, even a late round flyer from a team, if he can get his way back in, if he's healthy enough to start contributing in special teams, again, finding his way onto the field. I think, you know, for now, for me personally, just because I have a soft spot in my heart for him, when he does go undrafted, I'll probably scoop him up, you know, off the waivers yeah. and just like, I'll, I'll, I'll just treat him as a Burt Reynolds. He'll be a great stash for me um, for now. And I'll just keep hold of him and see, see what happens. You never know. But like, yeah, it is so frustrating. It's really unfortunate when that happens, when you see a great, you know, a great career sort of derailed with injury, um, you know, because he definitely, you know, Maryland, like I said, put out some really interesting, really great receivers. And he was, he's pretty high on their list of some, some things. Yeah. So, you know, he definitely had that potential. But those are kind of two more guys in the bag that, you know, I sort of thought was similar because they're bigger guys. They're kind of the injuries. They got these, you know what I mean? They got the kind of one year of really good production and wanted to kind of talk about them and contextualize them a little bit. There you have it, folks. Short and sweet for this Monday. Get you back in the saddle talking and thinking prospects. So Cedric Tillman, somebody to keep an eye on, could be a riser through the draft process or a sleeper, could be a nice value. And somebody I really loved, Dante Dimas Jr. Oh, so sad that he had that injury. I still hold out hope because, you know, it's the hope that kills and, you know, we we live in hope. So I hold out hope for him. Probably get a lot of shares as a UDFA <laughs> for free after my rookie drafts. But yeah, hopefully you enjoyed that. If you liked it, make sure and subscribe, leave a rating review on your favorite podcast podcast listening platform really helps out the show i really appreciate it stick here we got one more episode with kev coming up on wednesday gonna be a doozy and then we got another episode with a new guest dropping on friday i drive zero rb in dynasty pass up a young receiver nah i couldn't be me my fifth wide receiver and it's only round seven Not sure if I'm dead cause I think this is heaven Now forget what he said and listen to me What you really wanna do is stack those RBs You can be Linda, just let me be frank Those RBs on your roster is money in the bank One says it's awful, the other says it's great It's time to buckle in for a dynasty debate